You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to cover in the next little bit here on today's podcast. We're going to talk some BYU basketball. Yeah, we haven't forgotten you basketball fans. Got some notes from BYU and their player workouts they've had going on for the last little bit. Some of the standouts, etc. VR sources. We'll talk about that. You also hear from Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz. What does he expect from BYU and Louisiana Tech when they face off tomorrow night? We'll get to all of that ahead on today's podcast. Our title sponsor today Today is our good friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 1st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're tuning in from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, just to name a few of the different podcast providers out there. That way you'll never miss an episode of this show as we go Monday through Friday and sometimes more than that, talking BYU sports. Starting off today's show, should we talk some BYU basketball? Yes, let's talk some Cougar basketball. We'll get to some comments from Skip Holtz, Louisiana Tech's head coach here in a moment. He joined DJ and PK in the morning on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. We'll play a portion of his comments previewing tomorrow night's game between the Bulldogs and the Cougars. But let's talk some BYU basketball for a minute here. Obviously, BYU has been putting out some videos of guys doing workouts inside the Marriott Center and Annex, uh, getting ready for the upcoming season. Practices will officially be able to begin on October 14th, ahead of what is anticipated to be a Thanksgiving weekend uh, start date to the season. And I'm looking forward to it, folks. I think Mark Pope has actually put together a pretty good roster, all things considered, as they get ready for this upcoming season. Who knows if they'll be able to replicate what they did a year ago, rising as high as number 14 in the national rankings, finishing at number 18 before the season was canceled, uh, NCAA tournament and the like, but I'm looking forward to seeing how Mark Pope does in year two of his tenure as head coach of the Cougars and talking with some people around the BYU basketball program. Some interesting storylines are developing out of camp. Uh, First thing first is the guys that BYU has brought in this year, grad transfers and the like. So Alex Barcelo, you count him as a transfer because he spent a year in BYU system already, but he's still one of the senior leaders on this team, as well as Brandon Averett and Matt Harms, the two grad transfers from UVU and Purdue, respectively. According to what I'm hearing, they've been three of the really big standouts in workouts and playing against their teammates. And that's a positive sign, because if you're going to go and get grad transfers or you're going to bring in transfers at all, you want them to be impact guys. You don't want to just sign guys who are going to show up and, okay, what? No, they're going to go out there and you want them to absolutely dominate. It sounds like all three of them have been very impressive so far 
for the Cougars. I am interested, though, in terms of how BYU's lineup will go, because if you have Brandon Averett and Alex Barcelo as your backcourt uh, tandem, you're talking about a pretty small backcourt, because I think Averett is listed at 5'11", as well as Barcelo 6'2". We're talking that's a smaller backcourt lineup than what the Utah Jazz have with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, and that's considered very small in basketball stand by, by basketball standards. So we'll see what happens there. But the nice part is that the front court for BYU should be absolutely massive. A guy like Matt Harms, seven foot three, Richard Harward, who continues to stand out according to people I've talked to. Well, him standing six foot eleven, weighing what, 250, 260 pounds, and Harms at 7'3", 250. Well, that front court duo should make up for the lack of size in the back court. I think the biggest thing for BYU, especially in the type of system that Mark Pope wants to run, is making sure that you have the spacing to be able to launch the three-pointers that he likes to have as part of his offense. I think BYU, they may not have the volume of high-quality shooters that they had a year ago, but I think they're probably guys who are going to stand out this year more than others due to their three-point shooting. I'm thinking of guys like Connor Harding as well as Trevin Nell. I've heard both of them have been very impressive so far, and both of them are considered to be very good shooters from beyond the beyond the arc, the perimeter, and they should be leading the way. You'd like to see guys like Barcelo, who shot an extremely high percentage a year ago, albeit on limited reps compared to some of his other teammates, as well as a kid like Brandon Averett, uh, have an opportunity to come in and show what they can do shooting the ball. Uh, If Matt Harms can hit a three every once in a while, that's only going to help BYU's spacing. And at seven foot three, his ability to play inside out would be a big boon. I think to what BYU is trying to do on offense. So I just look at this and I think it's something that's going to be a very exciting season ahead. You have also, and I haven't put other names on this, talking about guys like Gideon George. Uh, Mark Pope spoke to the media, I think it was two weeks ago at this point. It might have just been a week ago. But when he talked to us in the media, he said that Gideon George, his ability to guard four positions on the court is going to make him a valuable valuable option he's more of your traditional defensive stopper type of a guy and i think conversely another guy on this roster that i'm looking forward to seeing because i think he's got all the talent in the world despite being a true freshman just out of high school is caleb loner loner has a college ready body already playing at wasatch academy he got a lot of game time playing with high level competition playing against high level competition the type of guys he's going to see night in and night out playing at BYU. But I look forward to seeing how the Cougars do. I think the biggest question mark remaining for Mark Pope and his staff is how soon will they have a schedule put together? Uh, in talking with the media, he also mentioned the fact that they're trying to figure things out right now. They've made multiple calls to multiple people to really lock things in, if at all possible, and even maybe schedule some more high-profile matchups. He's talked about the fact, speaking of Mark Pope, that he wants to play the best non-conference schedule that he possibly can play that would be a fantastic thing to see BYU maybe revamp their schedule a little bit with losing some of these non-conference games get rid of some of the quote-unquote fluff in that schedule and really focus in on getting high-level competition to prepare this team for conference play and 
what you'd hope is an NCAA tournament berth. Uh, their early prognostications, bracketology, and the like from Joe Lunardi have BYU in the NCAA tournament field. Uh, not as high of a seat as we expected to see them a year ago, but the good news is it seems like the floor for this team is making the NCAA tournament this year versus last year where you went into the season ultimately not knowing what BYU was going to do. So I think all things considered, everything I'm hearing out of practice for BYU is this lineup should be plenty versatile and hopefully they can go out and have a similar type season than they had a year ago because I think the pieces are there. The only problem is you got to get them to work in concert with one another. I think the biggest thing last year's team had, it was an upperclassman-laden team. You had guys like Yoli Childs, uh, TJ Hawes, uh, just all the guys on down the list, Zach Selyus, Jake Toulson. They were seniors. They'd played a lot of basketball, and they were very well versed in what they needed to do, and they fit into the system the right way, and they understood their roles. How quickly can Mark Pope and his staff get this team and some of the younger players on it, like a loner, uh, Gavin Baxter, was he's still only a junior. I forgot to mention him earlier. You have so many guys on this roster who are so versatile. Can you get all of them to buy in and play the various roles that you envision them to play? I think Mark Pope is capable of that, but of course it is incumbent upon the individual player to decide, you know what, this is my role, I'm going to do the best of my ability, and hopefully we'll have the team success that we're all craving. So I think it's looking up for the Cougars, and here's hoping that the upcoming season is just as fun as last year's was, and who knows if it ultimately plays out that way, but on paper... I really like what the Cougars have. All right, we will switch and talk a little BYU football here in a moment. You'll hear from Skip Holtz, the head coach of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Come up in a little bit. We also do need to talk another basketball note. I didn't get to it here, but we'll talk about it here in a minute. Yoli Childs invited to what is going to be a virtual-type NBA combine. It's a big opportunity for the former Cougar Cager star. We'll get to that in a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Rock Auto. Auto.com, guys. They're the title sponsor on today's podcast. And rockauto.com is absolutely marvelous. I have loved everything I have learned about this company and my experience with them firsthand. If you have anything you need for your car, whether it's a muscle car, a fixer-upper you're trying to rebuild, you've got a daily driver like myself. I commute every day into work. Whatever it might be, we all rely on our vehicles and we need the best prices for our vehicles that we can possibly get. Well, rockauto.com fills that void right there for you. You go to rockauto.com, you can search out your vehicle, you put in the year, the model type, etc., and all of a sudden you just have a bevy of options for whatever you need for your vehicle. The nice part is are the days of having to go to the auto parts store in your neighborhood and saying, hey, I need X part, and they say, well, you have A and B options, and that's it. All of the options that are available anywhere in the world are available to you at rockauto.com, guys. It's a phenomenal resource for you to take care of your vehicle because we rely on them so heavily we need to take care of them. Give them that extra TLC, if you will. So check it out, guys. It's rockauto.com. When you stop by, make sure to mention Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that way they they know that we sent you to check them out. It's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. 
Let's talk some BYU football for a moment. We're going to let somebody who knows a lot more about football than myself talk to you, though. Skip Holtz was on with DJ and PK in the morning yesterday talking about the Bulldogs, what he expects from his team as they get ready to take on the BYU Cougars tomorrow night. So without further ado, here you go. Part of the conversation that DJ and PK had with Skip Holtz. The thing that jumps out at us watching these first two games is the BYU's offensive line looks awfully good. The rushing numbers were massive at Navy, and then the passing numbers were off the charts uh, in the second game against Troy. How does your D-line or your front seven, however you want to look at it, match up against well, BYU's offensive not, line? It's certainly not going to be easy, and it's not It's not just – I mean, obviously, BYU's always been big, but they have – Statistically, when you look at them right now, this has got to be one of the better teams that they've had. Right now, it's one of the better teams in the country. Statistically, they're they're ranked in about I think it's like seven categories in the top ten offensively, and I think they're ranked in eight or nine categories in the top ten defensively. Um, they have had two of the strongest showings so far this year, and what they've done. And one of the reasons that they're ranked right now is we continue to get into this and learn more and more about each football team uh, as we get into this season. But what makes BYU why you're so difficult is they have balance. I mean, as you said, they, they go into their opening game and the, the offensive line controls the game. Their, their running backs run hard. They're physical. They've got a, a little bit of a committee going back there and that they can play a couple backs and they're, they're getting those big offensive linemen who have a great, often, uh, great understanding of their offense. And then you come back the next week and you watch the arm strength of the quarterback and the way that he can throw the ball and his accuracy and uh, the time that he has back there. It makes it very, makes it very difficult to prepare we see uh, statistically anyway that Houston Baptist put up a lot of yards passing but you won comfortably I'm wondering how true was that and how concerned are you about your past defense well, we knew coming into it that was one of the biggest concerns we had. Out of you have four starters in your back end back there, and your two safeties and your two corners, and we graduated uh, seven players in the back end, and so we knew it was going to be somewhat of a growing, a growing, some growing pains going for us early. Uh, same thing, you had the opportunity to face uh, Jack Abraham, a quarterback at Southern Miss, who statistically again is uh, a really strong passer. You go play Houston Baptist and. He had thrown for 500 yards against North Texas and 600 yards against Texas Tech in a game that they lost 35 to 33. So, uh, you know, when you when you held somebody to 400 yards, you walk out and you're a little bit disappointed because you didn't play better on the back end. But we held him 150 yards below his average. So, we thought, I mean, it's one of those things. You look at it, you feel pretty good about it. Um, but we're we're still learning a lot of who we are back there. And you know, when when you've got some new faces. We're playing a, a true freshman. We've had a transfer from Penn State who is just now getting to the point where he is becoming uh, healthy and probably more ready to play. And we've got some freshmen or some underclassmen that are starting to get a little bit more comfortable in it. We have a, a transfer from Virginia Tech where we tried to bring a couple upperclassmen in uh, to help a position that you didn't want to rely on all your freshmen. So hopefully if we can get a full slate, as you never know what's going to happen, as we're still you're, you're still constantly testing through the week, and it seems like every test, it's like, okay, well, we have this one, so that takes out three with contact tracing. And you just hold your breath that they're the right ones. Um, but right now, we're still learning. I think it's probably going to be to the middle of the season until we really figure out uh, just how good we can be and as we have the opportunity to come together and, and start to play quality football as a defensive unit.
Skip Holtz joining us. He's the football coach at Louisiana Tech. That's the next game for the Cougars. And you've, you've got a couple quarterbacks you played here. Aaron Allen, a sophomore, um, led you to a touchdown early in the opener, all that. You went to Luke Anthony. He's piled up some big stats. It seems to be his job. He's a grad transfer. What did you see in him? What took him a while to win the job? Why is he the guy now? Well, just the same thing. We graduated a three-year starter at quarterback, and when you look at the transfer market today, uh, with everybody getting into the transfer portal, we wanted. We feel like we have a very talented sophomore quarterback in Aaron Allen, who got a chance to play a little bit last year um, when the starter missed a couple games. But we brought Luke Anthony in to try and come in and compete as an upperclassman. And uh, what makes it hard was he's been in the offense five weeks. Uh, he came in here early to go to spring practice, and then. Unfortunately, uh, COVID hit before we were able to get any spring practices in. So he got no spring practice. We had very little summer with everybody being off. And then he's had he's had camp, which has been very discombobulated, or just with the with the hurricane and the the lack of practice, and then shutting everything down for about ten days, and then getting started back up again. So uh, it's been it, he really hasn't had a lot of time to get comfortable in it. So we came into the first game. We've had very little scrimmages during fall camp, and so we wanted to play them both going into it. We started with Aaron Allen, who's been in the offense now going into his third year and has a really good grasp on it. He's just young, uh, who I thought did a really nice job. He went, I think he was like 11-14, I think, in the opening game. Uh, did a nice job, but he threw an interception. And so coming into the second game, we started with Luke Anthony, and I thought he had a really strong performance. He threw the ball very well. Um, and he did a nice job of operating the offense. And that's why, at this point, we'll still play both quarterbacks, I think, during this pandemic that we're in right now and knowing that in any uh, after any COVID test they can come in and tap you on the shoulder and say hey you're starting quarterbacks out or you're starting guards out or you're starting defense alignment or safeties out so you have to uh, you have to create depth on your football team and so we're just trying to gain some experience for some young guys across the board before we get into our conference race so they will both definitely play but Luke Anthony will be the one that will start but I think one of the reasons that it's just taken us so long is how few scrimmage reps he's had from under the center uh, where we're playing 11-on-11 football. And that's where I think that it's played to BYU strength, all this craziness with the lack of practicing that's been going on the last several months, is BYU returns a very much a veteran team, particularly on defense. You know, they've got experience at all three levels. From your perspective offensively, what is something that you need to have success at in order to be able to try to win this ball game? Well, again, you go back and look at it statistically, and and it's video game type numbers. I think they're giving up 16% on third down. They're giving up, I think they've given up 15 first downs in two games. Um, Put it in perspective, I think we had 32 last week. Um, So when you look at what you're going against, I mean, again, they're they're big. It starts with their nose guard in the middle. He's a force. Um, you got to make sure that you can block him, both in the run and the pass game. They have a, uh, a very structured defense in what they do. They know what they 
want to do, and they're very they're very good at it. Um, I made the comment, uh, and you just hit on it a year ago when we had a two year returning starter, and we had about eighteen returning starters a year ago when we won ten games. We were probably built more prepared to handle um, the COVID pandemic a year ago than we are this year when you have so many new faces and two new coordinators and your players are trying to learn a new scheme, new system, new coaches. You're trying to break a lot of players in. You're trying to compete for positions. You really don't know what you have until you have the opportunity to get out on the field and play games. And so when I look at BYU's defense, um, just like with their offense, they they have balance. I think you know you, you watch them go against a rushing team in, in Navy in the opening of the season, and they uh, just absolutely dominated and shut it down when that game 40, uh, 55 to three, and then come back and play Troy, who is more of a passing team, uh, and they shut them down and win that one 45 to seven. And so I think they've got balance on defense. They've played a passing team and shut it down. They've played a running team and shut it down. And like I said, what they do structurally is really sound. It's really they play disciplined, sound, fundamental uh, football, and they do a really they do a really good job with it. And then you put very talented players in those positions, and it makes it it makes it hard. With something we we can't turn the ball over, uh, obviously, and we're going to have to find a way to make some first downs. And I don't think you can just go into it and and say we're going run the ball and you can't just go into it and say we're going to throw it because I think if you become one dimensional against a defense as good as BYU it makes it very difficult to move the ball. You've got a couple running backs. You mentioned BYU by committee. It looks like you're kind of doing the same thing. Justin Henderson with 29 carries. Israel Tucker with 20. Is there Are they kind of interchangeable? Is one guy more a power guy and the other guy a speed guy? How does that work? Well, they're two two seniors that have both played a lot of football. As you talked about the advantage BY has with so much experience returning, it's kind of what we have at the running back position. We have both Justin Henderson, who's a thousand yard rusher for us a year ago, and Israel Tucker, who is a who is a senior, along with Greg Garner, who's had some quality carries for us here in the first in the first two games. Um, I don't think either player, I don't think any player in the country uh, has had the type of training that we've had in in the past when when we told everybody to go home in March and you don't see them in March, April, May, June, July, and all of a sudden they report in August for camp, uh, I don't know that anybody's in the football shape we'd like for them to be in to go play uh, and carry the ball 30-sometimes a game. And so we have tried to keep a fresh back. We've tried to keep a rotation going where, uh, where all three of those young men will play. And I think right now, just early, um, it's just very, it's very difficult with the lack of training and they had in the offseason to, to ride one player. So we're fortunate there at the running back position because we have a couple players with, with some experience. There you go, Skip Holtz, Louisiana Tech head coach. If you want to hear the entirety of that conversation, you go to, you can go to 1280thezone.com, uh, download the entire thing. It's also available in podcast form. Just search out DJ and PK on your podcast provider of choice, and you can listen to the full interview there. But based on that conversation with Skip Holtz, I'm expecting a lot of passing yards on both sides tomorrow night when the Cougars and the Bulldogs face off. Luke Taylor is a true dual threat quarterback, can run and throw it. I think he's going to have some success getting the ball down the field uh, against BYU's secondary. 
I see Louisiana Tech being uh, same caliber as Troy in terms of offense, but I think they have more weapons. Uh, this is an offense who's not afraid to sling it all over the field. I think seven different receivers have caught touchdown passes so far this year. So you're going to see a lot of passing yards in this game. I think the biggest glaring weakness for Louisiana Tech is their pass defense. You heard Coach Holtz talk about it. They graduated seven players from a year ago have had a lot of young players playing early this season. Some of the grad transfers they have brought in have not been able to play, or I guess, I don't know if they're grad transfers, but transfers in general have not been able to play so far this year, and they'd like to see an uptick in that, but I think right now, BYU, the game plan they had against Troy, that passing game, I think they should have some success with it on Friday night. Obviously, Louisiana Tech could sell out to try and limit BYU's passing game. I think kind of the opposite of what we saw from Troy, where they sold out to stop BYU's running game. And you know what? The Cougars will happily run down the field all night long if you give them that opportunity. Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick, the brain trust that has been entrusted to build BYU's offense, they are truly a take-what-you-will-give-them type of tandem of coaches, and they will make sure that BYU is set up to have uh, ability to move the ball on Friday night, regardless if it happens to be via the ground game or via the air with Zach, on Zach Wilson's arm. They have proven they can do it in different ways through two games this year. I expect BYU to win this game handily. We'll have more of an in-depth look at the Bulldogs on tomorrow's podcast. It'll be a quote-unquote preview edition of the game, getting you ready for it. All of the notes I've gathered on the Bulldogs and the Cougars, all the personnel notes I can scrounge up. We'll have all of that on tomorrow's show, but I think it was good to hear from Skip Holtz, and a big thank you to him for joining us on the Zone Sports Network and now here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll switch back over. I need to talk for a minute about BYU basketball, former BYU basketball star, I guess, Yoli Child his opportunity to participate in the NBA Combine. We'll talk a little bit about the opportunity for him here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a huge thank you to the the number of you who have sent in your reviews on Apple Podcasts recently. Some great, great thoughts. Also, some lighthearted jabs. I appreciate your guys' support of the podcast. We'll do a giveaway, I think, early next week of some of this BYU Nike gear I've got. Uh, If you guys want to be entered in to win some of this BYU Nike gear, all you've got to do is leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast leave us a five-star rating as well as a sentence or two which i like about the show if you want to fit in a lighthearted jab at me i don't mind that as well but a big thank you for your continued support of the podcast and hopefully you'll be able to help i guess revamp your lineup in terms of your closet what you wear on game days with us right here on the locked on cougars podcast As we close out this Thursday edition of the show, let's talk a little bit about the NBA Combine. It officially started on Monday. They've been essentially doing interview sessions with some of the top prospects, allowing uh, media, coaches, etc. to interview these players ahead of the November 18th NBA draft. And two uh, former players from the state of Utah, Utah State Sam Merrill, as well as BYU star Yoli Childs will be participating in this. Workouts will be coming up this month at some point. Well, they'll actually do their workouts in the NBA market closest to where they live. So in the case of a guy like Merrill, as well as Childs, they'll probably be working out for the Utah Jazz inside the Jazz facility, I would assume. I'm going to try and get more clarification on that. But I think the nice part is, is seeing a guy like Yoli Childs get his opportunity 
opportunity to show what he can do in via, uh, I guess we'll say a virtual format for NBA coaches, talent evaluators, et cetera, front office personnel. That's a very positive thing because he gets his chance to go out there and prove what he can do. Yoli is currently number 92 on ESPN's top 100 draft prospects. That would indicate that he's far outside of what you would expect to be drafted. But with some good workouts, et cetera, interviews and the like, Yoli could find himself a second round draft pick. Obviously, it only takes one team to fall in love with you to make that pick and make that dream become a reality. The nice part, additionally, for a guy like Yoli Childs is the fact that the NBA is allowing teams to have the what we call two-way players, where they sign an NBA contract, but they come out and they play mainly for the G League affiliate of those teams for the majority of the season, and then also can be called up to play for the active roster at different points in the season if need be. I think it's the perfect setup for a guy like Yuli Childs to continue to develop his game. He is kind of seen as a small ball five, a guy who can play some center for a team in a small ball lineup, but also shoot the three. I think he showed that ability for BYU a year ago, but he's going to have to prove that he can do it from beyond the NBA arc, which is further out than the college arc and be productive about it. I'll tell you one thing, though. Yoli Childs, if he doesn't nail every interview he is doing, I'm not sure what these teams will be looking for. So I look forward to seeing what Yoli Childs can do, and here's hoping he lives that dream, gets drafted, and at the very minimum, maybe gets a two-way player deal playing for an NBA team and continues to continue his basketball career at the highest level here stateside. Uh, also, some congratulations go, are in order to guys like Zach Selyus. He signed his first professional contract going over to Slovakia to play basketball this fall and Jimmer Fredette officially is headed to China he left earlier this week if I recall uh, to play for the Shanghai Sharks so basketball season's coming up around the globe of course the NBA still trying to figure out when they're going to start their next season but it's nice to see a guy like Yuli Childs get his opportunity to show what he can do in front of some of the best talent evaluators in the world with the NBA all right that's going to do it for today's edition of the show a big thank you once again for your continued support Make sure to search out the show on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter were available. Locked on Cougars. Just search out our name. We'll be right there for you guys. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out to me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And the email address for the show, anytime you want to reach out that way, is lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it for this Thursday edition of the show. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for October 1st, 2020. And we will talk to you guys guys tomorrow.